Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The chase for Gordy Howe continues tonight at Capital One Arena. Capital's looking for a sixth straight win as Dallas comes to town. And Ben chats with a man who called Gordy Howe's last NHL goal, Chuck Caton. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, December 15th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way. In a Capital One Arena. Good morning, and it is good to be home. The Capitals set to face the Dallas Stars tonight at 7 o'clock downtown. Winners of five straight games, the second longest win streak currently in the NHL. The attention of the hockey world will be on our town tonight for a different reason. Alex Ovechkin, after his thrilling hat trick performance Tuesday in Chicago against the Blackhawks, stands one goal from tying and two goals from passing the great Gordie Howe for second all time on the NHL's goal scoring list. Today on the show, a bit of a history lesson. Who was Gordie Howe? One of the greatest to ever play the game. Some, like our professor for today's lesson, think he was the greatest to ever play. Here, he'll tell you why and tell you stories about the man and Alex Ovechkin's sight tonight. Here's Ben with the former radio voice of the Carolina Hurricanes and Hartford Whalers and the man who called the 801st and final goal of Gordie Howe's NHL career, our friend Chuck Caton. I want to lead you off the bat. You've referenced before Gordie Howe, the greatest of all time. Some would say Gretzky, others might put Orr in the conversation. Gordie Howe, the greatest of all time, in your opinion. Why? I think he could do it all. I mean, in an era where you had to be tough, where you had to have scoring acumen, and you had to uh, basically be able to do it all, I thought uh, that he was the complete player. I mean, they don't call it the Gordie Howe hat trick for nothing. Uh, you know, the goal assist in the fight, uh, because that was a different era. But I thought he was, uh, because of his longevity, the fact that uh, he basically uh, did everything you would ask a player to do uh, in that era. Uh, he was a complete player. And, uh, you know, that's to take nothing away from Wayne or Mario Lemieux or Bobby Orr. I, I, I think that uh, Gordy was the best of all time in my estimation. He was an old school player, eh? When you say he did it all, brought the physicality, wasn't afraid to engage, he checked all the boxes, sort of an old school type of mentality. Well, that's true, and that's a lot of what I see in Alex Ovechkin, really, Ben, because I think that when, uh, especially when he was younger and he came on the scene, and, and I particularly uh, have an affinity for Alex because he was drafted in Raleigh, as you'll recall, back in '04, and I got to meet his dad. We were on a bus trip going to Durham, and, uh, and I'll never forget uh, him picking up a baseball bat at Durham Bulls Athletic Park and acting as if he'd uh, played baseball all his life. They took batting practice with the first-round picks that year, and uh, I was privileged enough to introduce him as one of the uh, draft picks of that year, and he was knocking the ball up the middle and uh, as if he'd played ball all his life. So he was a natural athlete. But the physicality, I mean, the, 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 his complete play... Uh, I think was reminiscent. I mean, he could have played in that era, in Gordy's era, and done quite well. So it was a privilege to uh, see him drafted in Raleigh and uh, 
now to see him uh, on the precipice of what he's uh, trying to accomplish here, not only try to catch Gordy, but Wayne. You'd eventually get to work with Gordy Howe in Hartford, the start of your career, the end of his, but you grew up watching him in Michigan, your formative years as a little guy, as a teenager, getting into the game of hockey. He sold you on the game of hockey as well, Gordy Howe. Yeah, he did, and that they, you know, basically a dream came true for me because I never, in my wildest imagination, uh, would I've ever thought he would become such a close friend. Uh, I'll never forget my first broadcast. It was a preseason game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a wild five-five tie, and Gordy was not playing that night at the Springfield Civic Center. And uh, he was my uh, color analyst. And uh, that was, uh, again, I had to pinch myself because uh, for my first broadcast in Hartford to have Gordy Howe at my side, elbowing me, by the way, uh, every step of the way, <laughs> was, was a complete thrill. The goal scorer, Gordy Howe, because that's what we're talking about. Goals, 800 goals, 801, 802. What made him a good goal score where did the goals come from did he have a specific shot was it an office like Ovechkin how would you describe him as the goal scorer Gordy Howe well number one he was an extremely smart player who knew to get open and how to get open and one of the ways Ben that he did get open for those who did not see him play was the uh, artificial circle that surrounded him in a scoring area and if you decided to go within that circle you caught a little elbow you caught a little stick in other words he made a lot of room for himself in a different era where you had to make room for yourself as a goal scorer because Gordy wasn't the fastest skater but he was one of the toughest people that you would uh, run into, uh, literally and physically. Uh, yeah, and figuratively. Thank you. I'm losing it here. <laughs> I love the guy so much. The bottom line is, like he, there was that invisible circle that if you got within it, you were going to pay the price. So he gave himself room. Now, as far as how he scored goals, he was smart enough on power plays to be in front of the net. He was great with his stick. He had tip-in ability. But the biggest way Gordy scored was that quick snapshot. He had a tremendous wrist shot. And that, in a lot of ways, is kind of similar to Alex Ovechkin. I know Alex likes to slap that puck Mm -hmm. on the power play, but he's got a a vicious wrist shot. And that was Gordy's. uh, He had a pinpoint wrist shot. He was very accurate with it and coming in off the right side. And another thing that he did that a lot of people never saw was he could change hands. So he could come in off the off wing, switch to being left-handed, and shoot the puck left-handed because he had a straight stick. He didn't have the curved stick like the Stan Makitas and the uh, Kenny Warhams of those days did or the Bobby Halls. He had that straight stick, so he could turn his stick the other way and score left-handed just as well as he could right-handed. He was so strong, but, but and he protected the puck so well. Uh, that was another hallmark of Gordy's uh, goal-scoring ability. The curve eventually became more commonplace into the 60s, 70s, etc. as we went along. He never changed? He had a straight blade the whole time? No, absolutely. He never had a, he never had a curve on his blade. He never believed in it. But he also had a, uh, a very heavy stick. Uh, it was a, a stick that he could do some damage with with people uh, in a day where you don't see those ticky-tack cross-checking penalties years ago like you do today. Uh, I, I think if Gordy were to play today, he'd really even had to adjust his game to the way it's called today by the referees because, uh, uh, you know, it was a whole different era. He made 
lot of room for himself, and he had a lot of respect. And and with that room came the ability to, to get shots clearly in on a goaltender and beat him, as you say, over 800 times. I had the privilege as a kid. You talk about me watching him at Olympia as a youngster. My first NHL game live after watching and listening to games on TV and radio as a kid came when I was 10 years old when he scored his 544th goal to tie Rocket Richard at the time for the goal-scoring lead uh, in the NHL history. And I had standing room tickets with my dad that day uh, in November of 63, and I'll never forget it. Ah, That's a great anecdote, a great memory as well. Final two for you here, Chuck, and appreciate the time. The way he played, and we bring it full circle, talking about that physicality, that old-school mentality, making space for himself. He did not have the type of game that one would think would age well. Yet there he was, albeit in a different era, still playing in his late 40s, early 50s. How did he do it in terms of that, in terms of the durability? How did he hold up? Well, he just had raw strength. I mean, his father was a uh, tough Wisconsin farmer with big hands. And if you ever met Gordy Howe and saw his hands and just saw those sloped shoulders and how he uh, worked on the farm in the off-season, bailing hay, and then, you know, they didn't do calisthenics and uh, workouts <laughs> with, uh, uh, you know, with weights like the players do today, they just went back to work because they didn't make the money that these players make today. So they had to do something in the off season. And he did a lot of physical work, but he also had God-given strength uh, in those shoulders, in the legs, in the arms. And he was just one of those uh, freaks of nature, I guess you'd have to say, physically, to be able to endure that. And he had that durability. But the biggest thing he had been was the mentality and the love of the game. Uh, He was a little kid at heart. Even at age 52, when he retired, he still had uh, the sentiment about the game as a little kid. He had that love for the game that he did way back uh, in the 30s and 40s growing up when he played the game uh, in an amateur way in Floral, Saskatchewan. I mean, and, and that's something you can't take away from people is their zest and their love for the game. And, and there's where I see a lot of parallels between he, Gretzky, and Alex. They all have that same love. Very well said. We'll leave you with this, Chuck. You work as a broadcaster for just one season with Howe as a player, But you referenced early on in this conversation, you maintained a relationship, he became a great friend of yours. How did that develop, and what was that relationship like beyond his playing career? Well, I I appreciate you asking that question, because I would love to tell the story, and I'll try to be as brief as possible. Uh, He knew that I was a kid that I grew up in Detroit watching him play. We had that instant bond of knowing back in the 60s and in the early 70s, what it was like to be a Red Wing fan in the old Olympia Stadium. And I guess we were kind of kindred spirits in a way. And, of course, his sons, Mark and Marty, became very good friends of mine, so much so that uh, over the years when Gordy retired and had a front office position with the Whalers, he actually did a uh, between-period feature with me called Gordy How Talks Hockey on our broadcasts uh, back in those days uh, after he had retired in the early 80s. And it was just a delight because we experienced the same things. I mean, uh, I could uh, talk to him about games that he played in 64, 65, 66, and then he'd give me the inside stories about how he elbowed Phil Esposito in 
and Bobby Orr when they first came into the league and welcomed them to the and I remember going to those games and I remember the night that uh, they had Gordy Howe night when Bobby Hull made the famous statement I've lo- you know you know I respect Gordy Howe and I've loved every high sticking minute of it I, I was at that game that day when they played the Blackhawks and uh, Bobby Hull took the mic but we had that uh, kind of commonality of and and then uh, our relationship grew to the extent that my uh, my wife used to make him apple pies. He used to love her cooking and clam chowder, and uh, we just became so close. And then, of course, it culminated uh, with, uh, unfortunately, his uh, his death and the fact that the Howe family asked me to be one of the pallbearers at his funeral. And you know, we just had that closeness, and I and I miss him, and I can't believe you know it's been six seven years since he's been gone. Well, we couldn't have asked for a better guest, Chuck, to offer perspective on Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe. So glad we thought to reach out to you, the original voice of the Hartford Whalers, longtime play-by-play voice with the Carolina Hurricanes, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, Chuck Caton. Thank you, Chuck. Ben, thank you, and I wish Alex all the best. I love that kid as well, and I hope he does it, and I know that uh, Gordy's watching somewhere and hope he does too. There you go. Gordy Howe story time with Chuck Caton. Gordy right now, number two on the all-time list for goals in National Hockey League history. Perhaps that changes as soon as tonight, right here in the nation's capital. Alex Ovechkin at 800 goals. He resumes the chase at 7 o'clock this evening. It's the Capitals and Dallas Stars, 645 airtime on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Heard worldwide at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great game day Thursday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.